Moto Spot Show. What is up, everybody? We are on episode 14. It is going to be a good one. Uh, we've got five races down, and I'm excited, man. This series is giving us everything we hope for. 250 class is uh, starting to de- deplete a little bit, but the 450 class, I mean, it's been crazy. Uh, I think we are really excited to see what the future holds. But speaking of the future, um, this company is on the gas. They got some really cool products coming. The guy I got on tonight has uh, been there a long time and was a racer as well. So he's uh, coming all the way from Maxima there in California. What's up, Trevor? How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to uh, bench racing a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I definitely appreciate you making the time. Uh, we got some racing to talk about. We'll talk a little bit about uh, your role at Maxima and some cool products that you make, but we can't uh, talk too much because we have some really good sponsors on our show, um, starting with Spot Network TV. They are the fastest growing streaming service in the industry, so make sure to check those out, guys. Spot Network app is uh, out now. So check that out and let us know what you think. And then also a huge thanks to Works Connection, Scott Goggles, Motion Pro, and Bell Ray. So thank you to those guys for coming on. Um, I'm really excited to uh, see what this show holds and the future of the show. So again, thanks to those guys. And um, we got some cool stuff coming up for sure. So today, we're yeah, like I said, we got Trevor on and we're going to talk about 250, 450. And then we have a new segment called the Tuesday Takedown. And we're going to talk about the guys that just are getting taken down after Tuesdays. We've had some big takedowns on Tuesday, starting with Chase Sexton uh, round two. And then uh, last night, we or not last night, Tuesday night, we had Oldenburg, luckily, who was safe, um, Jet Lawrence, and a couple other guys. So a lot to talk about, but, you know, like I said, Trevor's on, so I wanted to get his insight on the industry. And, you know, you used to be a racer, Trevor. Like, what do you think so far of uh, the 250 the 250 class? Um, I mean, it's, it's, always, it's always a bummer to see, see you guys get banged up, especially, you know, early on in the season and, and kind of with the schedule right now, you know, even if it's uh, something minor, you know, and, and they got a Tuesday race, they don't have a whole lot of time to recover. So I think it's uh, it's made it challenging for guys that, that have, let's say, uh, small injuries that maybe they could get over with, with say, a week's break. Um, but I think, you know, you've got – you're always going to have those guys that are going to run up front and, and separate themselves, you know, from the pack. And uh, we're just seeing, you know, right now there's there's just, you know, two or three guys that are, that are doing that. And – um, you know, you've got a few guys that are, are really good riders that are just a little bit off that front pace. And, uh, and then it seems like it, it, it falls off pretty hard, but, um, yeah, overall, I think the, the racing's been good. It's good to see, uh, you know, Nichols, uh, I love watching the guy ride. He's super smooth. It's cool to see him, you know, I, I think finally showing what he's been capable of for a long time now. Uh, and I hope those guys, you know, keep going at it and, uh, we'll, we'll have some good racing, at least with those two, three, four guys that are that are running that that fast pace up front. Yeah, for sure. I think it's one of those things where we're starting to see who's going to be stepping out and becoming a championship contender. Um, so I think that's going to be really cool to kind of see what Colt can do and Nichols or not Colt and Nichols, Colt Nichols can do, and then Christian Craig. And even, you know, Mosman, you know, Mosman's getting starts. If he keeps these starts up and Colt has a little accident or if Christian has a little accident that gets stuck behind lappers or whatever, like Mosman could win one of these. You know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. he's been riding good. Yeah, yeah I agree. He, I mean, he had an awesome race going and unfortunately he had some uh, lap traffic issues in front of him. Uh, I think it was Miller maybe that had went down and uh, it was a pretty gnarly crash, actually. So hopefully he's uh, he's all right. But. Uh, I, I think it just kind of kind of rattled him a little bit and, and he lost, you know, obviously lost the momentum and, and flow that he had going. But I think, uh, like you said, he, he gets great starts. And, and if he can keep putting himself in those positions, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him see him win one. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's uh, with everything going on and the tracks getting, you know, a little bit technical and everything. He's very methodical rider, so I think if he keeps he starts up, um, it could be really good for him. So, but we'll get a little bit more into the two fifty talk. But let's kind of talk a little bit about you. Um, like I said, you were a racer. You've been in the industry for a long time, and now you're a brand manager over at Maxima. But like, what kind of started it all for you? Were you in the same kind of group as us? Is or a lot of people PW fifty, and then moving on, kind of you know, four years old, five years old. And what kind of got you into the industry and, and got you started with uh, dirt bikes and Maxima? Yeah, I, I kind of the, the the same progression that you mentioned. You know, started on a on a BMX bike and running around on bicycles at a at a really young age and got a motorcycle. I think it was for my fifth birthday, and then. Uh, moving on from there, you know, got into racing a year or so later and, and things just kind of progressed from there. So went from just racing the local track here on the weekends to, you know, venturing out and, and doing some amateur nationals and um, took it very serious and all the way up into the point of, of getting on big bikes. So all the way through 85s into big bikes, you know, with the homeschool program and, and riding three, four times a week and, yeah. uh, you know, the, the races were essentially, you know, our family vacation, you know, that's what we all did together. So spent a lot of time on, on the road with, with my family and, and going to amateur nationals. And, um, you know, my, my affiliation with Maxima started when I was super young. I was probably, I want to say seven or eight years old when, when I had met the, the owner at the time. And, okay. uh, and I've been, <clears throat> I've been a part of the company since then, you know, I, I've, I've only ran Maxima since I was eight years old and, uh, and, you know, I, I stepped away from racing uh, when I was a teenager and uh, went back to regular high school and played sports and did some other things and then had got back into racing uh, a couple of years after I had graduated and was fortunate enough to, to race as a professional for a handful of years and uh, racing Supercross and, and Outdoor Nationals and uh, got got hurt, unfortunately, and yep. uh, was kind of kind of time to reevaluate and understand the, the direction that, that I needed to go at the time. And there was a, an opportunity presented at Maxima and I ended up taking that. So fast forward uh, about four and a half, almost five years now. And um, yeah, enjoying what I do. I'm still in the industry that, that I love and, you know, been a part of my whole life. And for sure. Uh, so that's kind of, that's kind of the, the cliff notes, I guess, on, on how I got to where I'm at today. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing. It's, it's all about relationships. You know, we've talked about that quite a bit on this show is, you know, just making sure you, you go after opportunities, you talk to people, you build on those relationships. And I've heard you say in the past, you know, you were, you were in the Maxima warehouse at a young age, 13, 14, 15 years old, kind of on the worker on the front lines and get to know all those people. And then, you know, when the opportunity presented itself, um, after your career of racing dirt bikes, you were able to, get put behind a desk and, and grow that brand for those guys. So it's, it's one of those things like we keep talking about, like you never want to burn a bridge or anything like that. Cause you never know what could come full circle. So it's a, uh, it's cool to see that you've been with those guys for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, I enjoy what I do and, and the relationship part of it's always been super important to me. And, um, just, you know, that things happen in the industry and in racing and with sponsors and, and things like that. And some things you can control, some things you can't, but I, I've always, you know, prided myself on, on having a, a strong reputation and, and being known as a hard worker and uh, being loyal to the people that, that have been loyal to me. And, uh, and, you know, Maxima's uh, that type of, that type of brand, you know, our, our relationships with, with the teams we help and the riders that, that we support and our partners, everything's a, a long standing relationship. Everything that we do is, is meant to be 
uh, long term. And so it's, it's been a good fit for the way that I like to approach things. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, for what we have coming and uh, to continue building with those guys. Yeah, for sure. You guys have done a really good job. I know like you've been with PC Cowie for a super long time, Monster Energy Cowie for a very long time. And you guys are growing and getting bigger and bigger. And um, you have some cool products that, you know, Bell Ray doesn't offer. So I definitely enjoy using those. Um, you know, one of them is the SE1. I don't know what the hell you guys did or how you guys did it, but it seems like everybody and their mom needs SE1. Like, I don't, it wouldn't blow my mind if somebody has that for like cologne or something. Like, I don't get how you guys did it. I don't, you know what I mean? Even at WPS, it's like the number one part number for us. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how the heck you guys did that. Yeah, and, and and touching on what you said, it's just you know products in general. I mean, there's there's a lot of great products out there. Other brands, um, you know, that we compete against, they have great products. We have products that are successful for us. So, yep. uh, but but SD One is, um, I think it's you know it's a fun product, right? You know, it, it smells good. It makes things look cool. Uh, it's a product that a consumer can attach himself to, you mm-hmm. know. And and what Maxima did a, a really good job in is when they rolled that product out, it, it was, it was dialed, you know, every, it was, you know, we didn't have any reformulations. We didn't have issues with packaging. Like when it came out, it hit the market. And if somebody got that in their hand, you know, they loved it. You, you had a customer for life right away. So, uh, and, and we were just fortunate to have it work out that way. You know, it's, um, the, the majority of, of products, you know, that we're going to launch. I mean, there's a ton of R and D and things that are done with those products to, to make sure that when they do come to market, uh, they're, you know, superior yeah. to others. And I think SD one was the perfect example of that, you know? And uh, so we were able to, to grab a customer early on and, and just keep building, you know, they tell a friend, they tell a friend uh, and, you know, we, it's a, it's a product that, that gets repeat customers. And, yep. and like I said, it's fun, you know, it smells good. And, um, New bike and in a can. I, people, yeah, new bike in a can. People people go crazy over it. I mean, I've seen so many random uses for that product. Uh, we'll go we'll go see dealers, and I'll go in the bathroom, and they'll have a can in the bathroom as air freshener. You know, yep. just just crazy crazy stuff. So um, it's a it's an awesome product, and and we're fortunate to have it, and um, it, it continues to grow for us. You know, and, and we're doing new things now, different size offerings, and. We have some cool stuff coming out uh, that they yeah. kind of go along with it, with that SD one family that I'm looking forward to. So, uh, yeah, again, just just really fortunate to have a, a solid product like that. And um, you know, but at the end of the day, we're we're an oil manufacturer, and, and that's where a lot of our focus continues to remain is is manufacturing. Yeah, you know, lubricants, uh, you know, at the highest level, and um, but we we definitely don't lose sight of, of the success with SD one and uh, and will continue to, to grow that, that product within the, the Maxima category. Yeah, no, totally. I get it. Like it's one of those things where, uh, you guys have done a great job. Like I used to use the Bell Ray detailer and unfortunately don't make it. So, um, I've been trying the SC one and so far it's been good, but, but yeah, it's hard. I mean, I love my Bell Ray uh, oil. The thumper is, if you haven't tried thumper, people definitely check it out. Um, Trevor is, like I said, he's got, he's got some oil over there too, but we gotta, we gotta stick with our belt, right? Thumper, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, the cool thing that I like about you guys too, and this was a big selling point me on me on Bell Ray was that you guys are made in the USA as well, correct? Yeah. Yep. Everything we do is, is in house. Awesome. Uh, yep. All of our, all of our technology, everything is owned by us. So it's, it's unique to us. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I sit 
just, you know, about 10 feet away from a door where I can hop out into a warehouse and, and watch our products run down the line. So we're on the, on the front end of quality control and, and everything is, uh, you know, is right there at, at our fingertips. So it is something that is uh, unique and, uh, and is cool to talk about. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. No, that's awesome. So like I said, it's a, uh, it's a really popular brand and you guys have done a great job. Um, so, um, as far as the, Maxima as a general whole though like do you guys feel that the COVID or anything like that has hurt you guys or have you guys been just seeing the crazy progression and um, supplies chain having struggles to get supplies or anything like that um, like these other power sports companies yeah I think everybody's talked about it now with, within our industry we're, we're right. all having success in, in some at some level um and then everybody's had challenges too with, with supply and raw materials. And those are things that we had to work through and we're continuing to work through. And, um, uh, but we, we, we taken the right steps, um, to try and, you know, correct those problems as quickly as possible and as, you know, efficiently as possible. So uh, things have improved for us and we have plans in place to, uh, you know, continue to keep up with, with supply and, but it, it, it was definitely, definitely challenging. And, and, you know, the COVID deal has been uh, unfortunate for a lot of people and, and it is very real. Uh, but, you know, from a business standpoint, an industry standpoint, it was kind of the, you know, the kick in the butt that, that I think our industry needed. And it got so many new people introduced to, to riding and enjoying the outdoors in general. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll hold on to those guys for a few years and, and continue growing. Hell yeah. No, I, I agree. I think it's one of those things where I don't think the industry's changing at all. I believe we are going to be wide open again this year just because it seems like more people are buying bikes. I don't know if you saw the stats, but we had like 800 and something thousand people watch Supercross on Tuesday. So yep. it's, uh, I think with this Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday kind of thing going on, we, we're going to get some new viewership and I think it's going to be really good for our sport and I'm excited. So I'm hoping that we'll in turn get more people going to the dealerships, buying Maxima, buying Bell Ray. The other thing we didn't talk about though is ProFilter. You guys also yeah. own ProFilter. Like what the heck, how did an oil manufacturer start making air filters? Yeah, so when I was actually originally hired, that was the brand that, that I was hired to look after. And uh, ProFilter yep. was originally Ready Filter, and it was started by uh, a few guys who were actually local to the San Diego area, and they were the first ones to actually produce a pre-oiled filter that was disposable. And so Tucker Rocky at the time, I believe, had, had picked the brand up and had Never a little bit of, of success with <laughs> Right, right. And they had a little bit of, little bit of success with the brand. And um, some difference in opinions, whatever had happened with the guys who had started the business, essentially the, the, the brand was going to go away. Um, and the distributor at the time had approached Maxima and in conversation had mentioned that they had some success with it. And long story short, Maxima ended up acquiring it, changing the name to ProFilter, made a ton of changes in the, in the manufacturing of the product, different foams, different glues, kind of. Uh, elevated the product, I guess, is, is the right word. And that was uh, about 11 years ago now. And so since then, it's grown into, you know, having a premium reusable filter as well. So something that, that you can wash multiple times and continue to reuse. And uh, when I was hired, I kind of took on the project of expanding the oil filter line. Because uh, originally, we just had, uh, I think it was eight total just cartridge oil filters that were just going to be for dirt bikes. And we were offering 
you know, when I started oil change kits on the Maxima side and they were carrying another brand filter in that kit just because we didn't have a, a spin on filter to support that. So, okay. uh, we kind of, we kind of, you know, started a project and bringing on multiple new SKUs. We're up to 80 SKUs now total on the oil filter side. So, I mean, we have a filter for your watercraft, uh, your, you know, your boat, if you want one all the way down to, you know, cartridge filters for your dirt bike and, and everything in between. So V twin filters, everything. So, you know, our Maxima oil change kit, all the pro filter spin on filter now, which is cool. So that makes us a little bit unique to, you know, our two house brands, essentially we're packaging up both our products together to, to sell to the consumer. Um, so that's okay. a little bit unique, unique to the market, but, uh, yeah, the, the brand has, has grown a ton. Uh, we sell a, I mean, so many of those pre-oiled filters just because it's, it's convenient, it's convenient. You know, they're, they're 1095 retail. The price is attractive. Uh, they come pre-oiled with our SFT, which is another very, very strong product for us. That's well-known industry wide. Uh, and you can, you know, tear the package open. It comes with gloves. So you throw the gloves on, throw it in the bike ride that thing for one, two, three rides whenever you typically would change a filter and throw it away and replace it with a new one. So it's, it's just been something that's uh, kind of a, okay. a little bit of, of its own niche to the market, I'll say. And, um, and you know, with, with the expansion on the oil filter side, it's given us new opportunities in international markets and, and things like that. So we've been able to, to get some new business out of expanding. And uh, it's, it's been fun, you know, working with, with suppliers and seeing factories overseas and, and trying to develop a filter that's a little bit different to the market. And so it's been a, it's a fun project and yeah, I look forward to, to where that brand really can end up here in the next three, four, five years. Yeah. I mean, I know for me, I'm super lazy. Like I texted you a while back. I'm like, dude, like, I don't know what the heck is going on, but these pre-oil filters are the way to go. Um, so it's like you said, 1095, they're pre-oiled, ready to go. Um, get them at your local dealer guys, check them out. Um, so I'm, I'm really shocked on how you guys pull that off. Cause I, it just seems like it, it almost seems like there would give people that confusion or maybe that not security, like, Hey, this is $11 filter. I probably shouldn't put this in my bike, but I feel like you guys have got a lot of people running them and I've seen your logos and, uh, Steve, you know, from the other podcast show that's pretty popular talks about it all the time so i mean yeah <laughs> what do you what do you think have you heard that before or have you ever had that issue where somebody's like i'm not putting an 11 dollar filter in my bike you know what i mean so you know it's kind of like how helmets like you know a lot of guys are like i'm not gonna put a hundred dollar helmet on my head you know i want six hundred dollars and it's just kind of that that security i guess or that judgment at, at what we think outside looking in yeah yeah I, we get some inquiries about that um but not a whole lot, to be honest with you. And, and from a performance standpoint, I mean, it's a, it's a polyester foam. It's a 3M type glue. I mean, it's, um, you know, they're, they're bonded together through a heat process. It's a dual layer type foam. Uh, the pore size, everything about that filter is identical to our premium filter. Um, it's just a difference in the, in the type of foam that we use. And that's how we're able to hit that, 10, that, that 1095 mark at a retail level. Okay. Um, and the, the only issue with the foam that we use is if you try and wash it, which people uh, still attempt to do, even though the packaging is very, very clear that it is a single use filter. Uh, when it comes in contact with solvents or even gas, which we see people use on cleaning filters, it can make the foam expand and do some weird things. So um, it's not as um, 
it's what's a, the right word? I guess uh, it's not so as re- re- yeah, it's just not as resistant to chemicals as say a polyether foam, which is typically what you're going to find in a premium filter that's reusable. So that's the only the only difference between the two air filter offerings. Uh, yeah. But from a perform from a performance standpoint, um, like I said, same pore size, uh, same foam thickness. They're both a, a dual layer foam. Uh, you put one filter, you know, in a bike, run it on the dyno, put the other filter in the bike, run it on the dyno. There's no change in performance, nothing like that. And, and I have guys, you know, I've got the Moto Concepts team. Uh, they run the filters exclusively. Okay. Uh, we had, we had JGR, uh, the last two years, unfortunately they've, they've closed up shop, but they were running our filters exclusively. So we've had high level teams run the filters for a long time with, with no issues and, uh, and a lot of success. So that's your fault, JGR closed down. You're charging them too much. They bought too much eleven dollar yeah. filters. I guess so, man. I guess breaking so. news, folks. <laughs> Maximum Pro Filter putting JGR out of business. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's cool though. Like you know, like I said, the brand seems to be growing. Um, you're always up my ass to to sell more of those things. I suck at selling them because I'm uh, I sell another brand that is my boy, my, one of my best friends. He uh, he works over at an air filter company, and I push those really hard. So. One of these days, I'll uh, I'll try the the pro filter. But like I said, I've heard yeah. I've heard great things, and uh, I think that's a really gr- like fast growing brand for you guys for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's room for everybody where we compete. So yeah, no, uh, no for sure. It's it's just like you know when somebody's like, well, do you want Fox next to Fly, or do you want this? It's like, yeah, we want the competition. We want we want to give the consumers the option. We want to make yeah, sure this the. The customer walks into the door, they can say, okay, I want this, this, and this, and and we have it. You know what I mean? We don't, in today's world, you, you hate to order stuff, right? It's a lot of, right. a lot of stuff today is a lot of impulse buying. So when people are buying $11,000 dirt bikes, you kind of want to make sure you have stuff in stock to sell them because if you don't, they're going to go home and, and buy all this shit online. So I'm really, uh, I'm really stoked to, I think you guys have done a great job too with the inventory. Like that's the hardest part for us is just getting inventory. And it seems like you know, your chemicals and filters and everything have been really good about having, having stock for us at WPS. So, um, hats off to you guys for doing that for sure. Yeah. Thank you, man. It's, uh, it's not easy. So I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Um, so let's kind of talk about how we met. I mean, we've known each other for a while, like, but we never were like super close. We kind of just talked and whatever. And, and then one day you call me and you're like, Hey dude, like I'm coming down. I got to go to Nashville for some automobile stuff. I got to work. And what's your plans? I'm like, well, I'm leaving this day to go to Minio's. I'm hitting dreamland, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, Hey, you want to go with me to dreamland? You're like, sure. Let's, let's roll down. So we've never hung out, <laughs> never done it. And we just hop in a van and drive seven hours. Yeah. What, what were you thinking? <laughs> and, uh- you know, it was just uh spur of the moment. Sometimes those are those are the best trips. So yeah. I figured, you know, I was gonna I was gonna go into Nashville, you know, uh, originally, like you had mentioned. So I had some free time. I figured we could uh you know, we we've talked about it for years now, every time I see it at the sales meetings and things like that on, yeah. on getting together and tra- traveling a little bit. So we're able to hit some dealers and then uh I was gonna fly down to Minio's yeah. um just to do some some stuff there and uh, some social media stuff and just visit with some guys for a couple of days. And you mentioned you were going down there. So, uh, mentioned road tripping and I'm like, yeah, why not? So yeah, we, uh, we jumped in the van, drove down there. Do you remember the traffic that night? That's all I can think about right now. It's just yeah. two hours. We sat on the freeway and didn't move that night trying to drive down to Florida, but 
That was rough. Um, that was definitely rough. And then we got like to the end, and like there wasn't even an accident. That's the worst. I, I know. It's like, like it makes you feel like you just completely waste your time. At least if you drive by and there's cars everywhere, you know, weeded up. You're like, oh, okay, I understand. But when they get it cleaned up before you even get through there, it's like, man, what was even going on? Yeah, like but, roll into Holiday Inn Express at like two a.m. Get you a yep. get you a cot, pull out yep. bed. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I feel so bad right now because originally we were supposed to stay in a motorhome and that yep. plan went out the window. So then we wake up and we have this bright idea to go to Dreamland, one of the yeah. biggest jumps in America uh, facility. Yeah. The Rinslands over there have a beautiful facility. I mean, it's hands down probably one of the sickest places I've ever seen. So huge thanks to Cody and Luke and also Connor and uh, Kenny for getting us out there. So that was a really rad time and about till i would say three thirty. um yeah. you were doing your last session just motoing my bike you know feeling it just thinking you're uh the next eli tomac and uh I, maybe it's just me dude maybe i didn't uh maybe i didn't put enough uh oil or something in the bike but she decided to stall on you in the air and you went through the bars um kind of what went through your head when you did that were you like bummed or were you like Oh shit! Uh, I gotta call my parents. Yeah, I think everything kind of runs through your head, but God, it was it was such a fun day, and just to, it was just to, I mean, like even if I wouldn't have rode, like it was just cool to be there and check that place out, and like riding was just a bonus. So yeah. thank you again for for letting me ride your bike. And yeah, no worries. You know, I don't I don't ride that much, you know, anymore. Kind of the the last injury that I had. Uh, it had hurt my, my heel and ankle super bad and just still had some, some issues from that. And that's kind of why I, you know, didn't go back to racing and ended up taking a job. And, uh, but when I, you know, when I do ride, I still feel like I can, like I can go fast and it's, it's still there. And, uh, you know, and, and, I, and that's what I enjoy, you know, is, is going out there and, and feeling like I can still put it down a little bit. And that's kind of what had happened. Like I was, just doing some laps and started doing the jumps and then you start doing this jump and this jump and then you're yeah. flowing around and having fun and like it was kind of weird because like those jumps i mean they're massive and like I, ne- I i can't even recall the time throughout the day of riding where i was even sketchy like i like no, not at all. where i did any where i did anything shorted anything almost crashed nothing and yeah i you know i hit that jump a million times that day and for whatever reason right when i went off the face and I hit the rear brake and everything just shut off. And I don't know. I mean, I've, I've never had a bike stall on me doing that. Maybe I, you know, I'm always pretty conscious on pulling the clutch in, you know, when, when you do hit the rear brake to avoid that problem. But yeah. man, I just, re- I just remember knowing that I was in going and, and I remember trying to push the electric start like in the air. It's like so that's how, how big, gnarly. that's how big, <laughs> that's how big the jump was. I had time to try and start the bike again. Oh my god! Like when we when you told us that, everybody like just looked at each other. Like, what the hell was he? What did he say? So then I I I remember jumping through the bars and basically landed on my feet and then just cartwheeling myself and and I I hit my head pretty good. Like I I was seeing stars, but the first thing I remember was like jumping up and being like, Oh my gosh, his bike. Like that's the first thing that I thought about was your bike. Like, what did I do to the bike? You I didn't know? even care. Dude. Like I didn't yeah. care. It is what it is. But so, the- so I, I picked, I picked the bike up like as fast as I could and like pushed it off the side of the track. And I wanted to just lay on the ground, but I was like holding, 
I remember holding your bike up, like, I don't want to set his bike back down. Like, I'm just going to act like the bike's fine, like, and I'm fine. And yeah, just uh, play and then, it off. You know, yeah, like, I'm trying to play it off. And then when you guys came over there, I'm like, okay, hold the bike. You know, I got to sit down. So, yeah. Um, well, at first, like, I, Andy I, screamed, oh, and I thought he was like screwing with me, like, just to get me riled up. And the next thing I know, he's like, no, dude, like, he, he just went through your bars. I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, Cause like it was yeah. the crazy thing is before all that happened, Cody and Luke were like, "Oh yeah, somebody got squirrely off that face of that table and hit that tree over there, off wow. the same jump." And I'm yeah. like, "No way, that's crazy!" And then next thing you, I know, my bike's in the same trees. I'm like, oh, <laughs> "Shit!" Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, all things considered, I got I got, you got lucky. lucky yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, just, I got my, lucky too. The I, bike wasn't even bad. Like it literally was. Yeah, that bad. yeah, uh, yeah. I guess I got lucky there too. I didn't. Oh yeah subframes and pipes and everything else we got away with just some handlebars and some grips fortunately so yeah yeah we're all good uh, but and like but and no, so. so people know trevor's not no squid guys like he's qualified for mains he's raced mains all that stuff he was brake tapping all day and just a fluke deal like literally that yeah. jumped he brake tapped i think every lap and just for some reason it just stalled and then somebody said when those bikes those new hydraulic clutches when they get hot sometimes they fade so we don't know what happened but it was definitely a freak deal for sure yeah, so I I was like I said I got I got lucky all things considered, but uh, it it was just I was so bummed because like we had such a fun day, like it was an epic day, and yeah. you had stuff planned that night to do some some podcast stuff there, and like you know go to dinner with everybody, and next thing you know like I I got to go to the doctor and get checked out, and ended up having a you know a broken foot and a big toe, I broke my thumb and had yeah. a concussion and things like that, so it was just kind of like awesome trip that just of course you know it just ends like that and yeah we were to go to mini o's um, and have a good time and everything and yeah yeah so i had to skip mini o's but again you know thank you for for carting me around taking me to the no, doctor thank, you're good thank you to, to connor for for getting me to the airport the next day so uh yeah like, andy, andy, you know, luckily we had andy there like andy's like he that guy is We'll bend over yeah. backwards like for anything. So huge shout out to Andy oh, too. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, Andy's awesome. Andy is awesome. I know. He was <laughs> he's all on the bandwagon now, dude. Every time I walk in the shop, fucking dies the guy's head to toe maximum. I'm like, dude, goodness <laughs> gracious, bro. You selling yeah, ads sure or like what was, are you doing? He was chauffeuring me around, <laughs> taking me to the doctor and, and you hung out with me at the doctor. So yeah, all you guys took great care of me. I, I appreciate it very much. No, nah, it's all good. We had fun and, and with that crash we even got invited back. So we're good. We're going to the yeah. Dreamland Party twenty twenty one. So uh, I can't I can't wait. I'm riding again. I'm gonna go hit that same <laughs> jump, you know. Well you're building a Cowie right now that's about to look better than mine. So kinda tell us yeah. about that. Like what uh what got you building a Cowie? Oh, we're just doing some stuff for uh for maxima and okay. uh some photo shoot stuff and things like that so okay uh, not really building building the bike more so just using it uh, as a prop but gotcha uh, we okay. have a uh, we have a cool deal with cali where, where we get a couple bikes that we can ride throughout the year so nice uh, when i when i do get out and ride it uh it's usually on a cali and uh so yeah thanks to those guys you know for for continuing with that deal so when i when i get the itch to go ride i, I do have a bike i can hop on so yeah. So speaking of like not riding moto all the time, but I do know you're a huge mountain bike. Did you ever think that we would have eight thousand dollar mountain bikes inside of dirt bike shops? No, no. I like, and I was almost like kind of against it in the beginning. Like I didn't, okay. I didn't like the crossover. To be honest with you, like I thought it should be separate, and um, and then we started seeing it slowly, and you know, kind of 
transitioning that way. And now I've, I've accepted it more and I think it, it's good for the industry. Yeah. Um, if that gets, if that gets people introduced to, you know, to two wheels and the progression from that to a dirt bike, that that's awesome. Um, so I, you know, I'm not, I'm not into the, the e-bike thing. I, I have ridden them. I don't own an e-bike. I, I enjoy riding the, the regular bike, but it has given, um, you know, new people uh, an opportunity to get out. And uh, if they're not in great shape or maybe they were hesitant to get on a bike because the yeah. people they would ride with or the friends, you know, that do ride are in better shape. So it's given people a, a new, a new outlet to get out there and enjoy it. And uh, so, you know, I think, I've, I've accepted it and, and fortunate for Maxima, you know, we, we have a, a bike line as well. Mm-hmm. So yep. we have, we have products for the bicycle side and now we can, uh, we can have both products in the dealer. So it's, it's given some, some new opportunities to us that, that are cool and, um, and, and beneficial. So, yeah, you guys do make some cool like chain lube and, and wash and everything for the, for the bike line. So, so I don't know much about that world, but you're really into it. So it's like, a regular mountain bike like a dirt bike and then an e-bike is like a quad where like you guys like be mean mugging them and like you don't like them like riding on your tracks and shit yeah it, it does happen it definitely does happen i mean we're out there you know grinding up this hill and all of a sudden you got a guy that just goes motoring by you you know not even breathing hard so yeah <laughs> um, that's pretty crazy but no like like yeah you know we're just they're out yeah, there it's just, it's just our sport it's just how we're very yeah. judgmental you know what i mean it's just yeah. it is but, what it is but we can't we can't help it you know? no we're so, born that way yeah it's just who but, we, it's all our friends are dicks so we were we tagged along we're dicks too right for the most part <laughs> so um speaking of kind of uh just our industry and everything that's going that direction what do you see the next you know two to three years with our sport do you feel like Bikes are going to get more expensive. Do you think chemicals are going to get more expensive? I mean, I'm hearing containers are stupid right now. I mean, I know your guys' all this stuff is made in the USA, but some of your filter stuff, I would assume, comes from overseas, the foam and whatnot. So I'm hearing, like, dude, containers are getting expensive. Uh, materials are getting more expensive. Like, do you think we're going to see a pretty big increase in the power sports industry? You know, it's it's hard to say right now. I think there's a lot of unknown. You know, it's yeah, going to... Sure. And, and with the, the economy in general, you know, I, I want to think that, that things will, will stay the way they are and business will be great. And, but, but at the end of the day, things, things economically are going to have to improve and people are going to have to get back to work and have sources of income again. And, and those are all things that are kind of unknown right now. And then, uh, talking about products specifically, same thing there. Like I've, you know, been seeing some, some different bills and, and, and things that they're talking about that are going to cause increases in, in oil in general and uh, raw materials. And, and you mentioned containers too. I mean, people are, are literally fighting over container space right now. There's just, there's not enough boats and um, you know, people are, are people need products. You know, yeah. everybody's dealing with, with shortages and um, unfortunately, like from a raw material standpoint, uh, you know, like our aerosol can, obviously we don't manufacture that, in-house it comes from a, a supplier that can itself and uh, these suppliers are supporting companies like Lysol you know and Lysol's business I mean you want to compare that to our business I, it's, yeah. it's you know we're not we're not comparing the same thing and yeah, we're, seeing apples, businesses apples like, sure. we're seeing businesses like Lysol come in and they're willing to pay a premium to place their production in front of ours you know and totally and so we kind of and, and so those are all things that, that we're going to have to continue working through and um you know, stuff's fairly 
expensive already. You know, a new dirt bike is, is, is a lot of money. And to think yeah. that it can increase 5, 10, 15%, 20% more than that is, is, is almost scary, you know, especially like I said, if people aren't uh, able to work or we've seen so many closures and, and small businesses and things like that, just because of what's gone on. So I think a lot of it's unknown and, and that's probably the, the scariest part of it. So uh, I think for, for Maxima and, and for myself, we, we have to obviously think long-term, but uh, do our best short-term and, and continue to, uh, you know, take it day by day and, and do the best we can. And when those challenges present itself, we'll, we'll have to do what we do best and that's find solutions, you know? Totally. Yeah. I think it's one of those things to where the sport and the industry is not really shutting off, but we still have to supply product. You know what I mean? Yeah. We still yeah. have to get, get the demand or meet the demand and get that stuff out there because people are just riding more now than ever. It's one of those things to where, I'm seeing more buy. I mean, even these Honda Works editions, people are buying them and and getting them. And it's just if the industry keeps going that direction, you know, I'm hearing rumors that Cowie might be making a cool um, monster di- or not a monster edition, but you know, kind of going that direction too. I think I think that's gonna be the way of the future where these these companies are gonna start coming out more where the bike's just ready to go. It's just plastics, pipe, wheels, everything, the whole nine. You just take it off the showroom floor and ride it. So yeah, um, I think you know we could really benefit from that, but it also could hurt us because those are going to be twelve, thirteen thousand dollars dirt bikes. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think if, if they're, you know, it hurts the, it, it well, it depends, you know, I think that can hurt the aftermarket brands too, because that's where the, you know, they, they live in that realm where somebody buys a stock bike and they make those changes and they're purchasing exhausts and grips and handlebars and things like that from an aftermarket brand. But, we do see on some of the, the factory edition bikes where they're utilizing, you know, an aftermarket brand in production to include those products when it is introduced to the showroom floor, which is, which is great for those guys, you know, factory fill and uh, including products, you know, at, at a production level is, is great business for those guys. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely, definitely interesting. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be, I think a, a strange year, uh, and the future, like you said, I, I, I don't have a ton of insight on it. I, I don't think anybody can really confidently say uh, what they think is going to happen right now. So. No, I think you're right. And I think it's one of those things, too, where hopefully these brands will kind of change their contingency program and, and do that to where people can make a little bit more money by racing their bikes. Because, I mean, you look at the 250 class, most of those privateers are on KTMs. So yeah, Cowie's got to try to figure something out because I mean a lot of guys I mean are riding KTM's right now. So yeah, yeah, and and like you know going talking about Supercross specifically, and it was even bad when you know when I was racing five you know five years ago, six years ago, and it's it, the money side of it. You yeah. know, like I, I had a conversation with another guy about you know why are why are some of these guys riding a 450 this year when they could be racing east right now and they could probably get a top 10 on a 250 but they're riding a 450 making the night show and they're way off on making the main and it's i think it comes down to just the money they can make you know if you if you qualify for the night show on a 450 i i don't know what it is right now but i want to say it's right around two thousand bucks let's say is what it starts at it might be a little bit less than that okay um and i know in the 250 class it's like 500 bucks. Like it's, it's nothing. I, I think 
I want to say my, my best finish was like a 12th or a 13th in a main event. And I got like, I think it paid like $700, you know, yeah. like it, it's, it's horrible. And so, you know, when, when people talk about how the East is, is so soft and, and there's not a lot of guys out there, well, the, the schedule this year and what people have gone through, you know, in 2020, I think it's made it, it's made it very challenging for guys that are maybe better riders than these guys, but just can't financially do it. You know, they can't totally, they can't travel to these rounds. They can't stay there for a week, whatever it might be. They've had hardship last year. Who knows, you know, but there's not a, there's, there's no money to make even being a top 10 guy in the 250 class, unless you have, you know, a factory ride or you're on a team that, you know, has some type of gear bonuses, some type of salary or, or incentive pro, you know, programs and things like that where they can make some money. Um, but if you're just, if you're just showing up in a, in a van to go racing, there's not a lot of money to make, you know? And, and so I think, and I don't know how that gets better. You know, we always talk about, let's say football teams and, you know, the guy that's on the practice squad makes six figures a year. They just practice all year. You know, how come a guy that, that's, you know, a seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth place guy that's a privateer on the East Coast. How come he can't make anywhere close to that? You know, this Supercross is right. gnarlier, just as gnarly as, as football. You know, and uh, and and we just don't get the views and and uh, the sponsors and the exposure that that you know these professional sports teams get. And that's kind of how it's always been. And and I don't know how that changes, but um, I with with increases in costs and living and just uh, you know, life in general is getting more expensive. Uh, it's it's going to make it more challenging for uh, for guys to continue to to kind of chase that privateer dream. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where the sport needs more stuff like the Moto Spy. Like, I don't know if you've seen the the news episode they just dropped, but yeah, I saw that. I saw it came out, but I, and I'll I'll watch it tonight definitely. But I I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, it's just that kind of insight and behind the scenes stuff and. Uh, it, it definitely gives you a, a different perspective or, or gives somebody who's maybe not familiar with the sport a, a different perspective. And cause we, we talk about it all the time. You know, people see, just see the guy on Saturday, you know, the, right. who, whoever shows up on Saturday, that's, that's who the fan typically sees. And, and they don't get, you know, any insight to what goes on during the week and the struggles that these guys go through and, um, you know, just the day-to-day life of these guys. So I think shows like that are, are cool because it maybe will, uh, I don't want to say give sympathy to people, but it, 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 you know, if you see a guy that's been having a hard time or maybe not riding as, as good as you would have expected him to, well, you're just seeing him on Saturday and you just think that, you know, he's just, you know, he sucks, right? You know, but you don't know actually what happened that week or what he's been dealing with. And Yeah, you're just but, like, fuck you know, that guy, he sucks tonight. I get it. Yeah, that yeah. The, sport, the sport in general has always been so guarded. Everything's such a big secret. And, right. you know, like going, going back to football, like their, their salaries, you know, you can look that information up. We have no idea what guys actually make in, in professional, uh, you know, motocross racing. Um, and same thing with injuries. Guys that get hurt, you'll never even hear about it. As soon as a guy gets hurt on a on a football team, I mean, you, you hear about. I mean, it, it pops up on Twitter, you know, seconds after it happens. You know, that, their information yep. is so much more public than than professional racing has ever been. And and I don't know if that changes, but and I don't know if it did change, if it would if it would benefit the sport or not. But uh, it's definitely it's definitely different how how 
professional motocross racing um, approaches those types of topics, I guess. Yeah. For me, I wish, you know, Red Bull's got, they don't got a budget. They kind of just got stupid money. So I'm yeah. hoping one day they'll realize, let's just pay to be on Netflix. Cause like, that's what made me an F1. Like I'm not a huge F1 fan, but that drive to survive. I know all these podcasts talk about it and whatnot, but it truly yep. was a really rad thing. And if it wasn't on Netflix, I probably would have never saw it. But I, I think if we got that, that moto spy on either Netflix or some kind of streaming platform, um, it would be really cool because it's just that is a really good insight to our sport. And I think we need more stuff like that. It's, I get it. It's only for Red Bull riders and whatnot, but who cares? Like we just need something to kind of yeah. get in front of the general public eye. Um, so yeah. And, I hope that, hope that I, happens. I, and we're, we're so fortunate to have, you know, all these energy drink companies I you know, I know they're, they're not the, the healthiest option and everybody, you know, knows that they're not drinking that product on the podium and things like that. But, Without these companies, I don't think the sport would be where it's at. You know, they, no, these sure. guys have been able to to put up, you know, big money for Monster Cup and sponsor these series and continue to sponsor, you know, elite level riders and come out with cool projects that give real insight to the, you know, to the the sport itself. So, I, I think with without energy drinks, I have no idea where this where this sport would be. I think they've been, you know, the the saving grace to to continue to to push things along for for our racing industry specifically. So. Yeah, totally. I've, I've heard from in the past and stuff. If it wasn't for energy drinks, Supercross would probably be up for sale. Um, yeah, I agree. Feld likes their Disney on ice and their monster jam, but luckily we have the energy drinks and it's kind of keeping, keeping this sport afloat. But I feel like if you have any of these, these big companies, Red Bull, Rockstar, Monster, if they ever pulled out, Feld would be like, all right, who wants to buy Supercross? So yeah, definitely. Um, definitely one of the things I think, is in the back of the mind for sure. So, yeah. I mean, even to the, even to the team level, you know, yeah. I mean, them. Uh, I, where are these guys going to get funding if it wasn't for, you know, energy drinks stepping up to these, these factory level teams and, and being able to provide some budget to those guys. So totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where the, the teams are providing all the parts, but for the most part, these energy drink companies and whatnot are helping and gear companies are help paying those bonuses. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a big chunk of it. Yeah, absolutely. So for you, you got some cool things coming up, like you mentioned, but there's an event coming up in a couple of weeks called the Vermoto shred tour. Um, can you talk about that at all? Have you guys finalized the details with those guys or is that kind of still, um, you still kind of working on that, on that event? Uh, uh, so I think, I think for the, for the most part, everything's finalized. And, um, you know, first off, it's, it's cool to see verb, um, kind of making a comeback and, um, establishing themselves in the, in the media game again. And, you know, when I was growing up and was a kid, they were, they were so popular. And, yeah. They're bad. So, so, so active and always killed it and had cool projects and stuff. So, uh, to see them, you know, making a comeback now has been awesome. And they have some guys working over there that, that I've known a long time and we've been able to, to work together and putting together some cool packages for this year. And, uh, so we'll be, we'll be a part of a verse program for 2021 with a lot of different you know, stuff going on at, at select amateur events and, uh, some cool, some cool stuff we'll run on their website and be working with them on, but it's looking like we're going to, we're going to be the title sponsor for the, the upcoming ride day at Mill Creek. And, uh, I'm going to plan on, plan on being out there. So yeah, we're still working on the the final details, but we'll have some cool activation stuff going on there. And I know they have some, some two stroke races that they do that we'll uh, put some prizes up for. And so we'll be able to, to do some cool stuff with them and, 
um, you know, they, they're, they do such a good job at, at the amateur level. And, yeah. and for me, you know, we have all these initiatives and there's so much focus on the business side and, and growing and international markets and, and all these things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, the company is, is founded in racing. We're, we're a core company. Uh, you know, people that work for Maxima are, are true enthusiasts. They ride, they used to race, whatever it might be. They still actively ride. So um, the grassroots stuff's very important to me and, and I don't want to lose sight there. And I feel like Verb is a, is a great outlet for, for us to partner with and, and have some fun with and uh, be a little bit more, more edgy and, and keep ourselves well rooted in that, in that grassroots level stuff. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely on the gas and I think they came back at the perfect time when social media and videos are, are climbing the ranks and, and people are getting yep. more engaged in that stuff. And, you're getting paid off clicks and advertising and sponsored ads and all that stuff. So I think they came back at a really good time and I'm excited to see the content they provide for us uh, moving forward. But you said you think about you're coming to Mill Creek maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm definitely leaving my, my bike at home right now, for so. sure. Leaving my bike <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not borrowing anybody's <laughs> bike. <laughs> uh, no, that'd be fun for sure. So if you guys haven't checked it out yet, um, Vermoto Mill Creek, March 13th and 14th, uh, I'll be out there with some fly, Fly gear. Trevor will be out there with some Maxima, and then we'll also be with hanging out with Viral Moto, who will be coming down with some Polar watches and stuff. So definitely mark your calendars, and we hope to see everybody out there. But that I went to the one in South Carolina, and it was a blast. So I'm looking forward to that one in Mill Creek for sure. But cool. All right. Um, so like I said, we got this new segment called the Tuesday Takedown. This is, uh, I think, a topic that's going to be real interesting because we are five rounds in and we have lost some good dudes in the 250 class already. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, like I said, it's always a bummer to, to lose guys at, at any point in the season and you want to see guys stay healthy. And, yep. Um, it's, well, we've got, I guess we can go through the names, but so we've yeah. lost, we've lost Forkner now. We've lost Hampshire now. Yep. Uh, we don't, we don't know what's going to end up happening. Yeah. With Jet now, Volan um, had a bad one in the whoops at the first round in Indy. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. I think, uh, you know, talking about Jet, like, I think I, I forget and I think people forget too that how young he actually is that he's only 17 years old. Yeah. You know? Him and, and Max both. Um, yeah. And, and Max as well, you know, and I, and I think we, uh, myself, I had questions about Max when, when the season originally started and, yep. and I've talked about those a little bit now, but, but I'm a fan of Max and like, I think he was doing, he was doing exactly what he needed to do. He was uh, getting good starts, learning from those guys running up front. He looked like he was in shape. He was, you know, he was out there racing. He wasn't just riding around. So, to see him get get banged up is a bummer. I hope it's not too long term, and um, so he can kind of get back on the bike and, and and salvage something this year with outdoors and things like that. Yep. Uh, and then with with Jet too, like he he got he got that taste of, of of winning, right? So now when those guys win, anything less than a win is is a letdown to those guys. And right. um, he's he's young, you know he. He's spicy. The guy is out there. You know, he, he's giving it his all every time he goes on the track, and he's very, very fast. I mean, he's. I think he's. Uh, he can win again, absolutely. And I think if he starts up front with with Nichols and Craig, I, I you know, I, I put him up against those guys any day. Um, but I think Jet also needs to uh, realize that you know, even a second and a third is 
should be a win for him right now. I mean, he's totally. got a lot of years, a lot of years left in the sport. And, um, it just needs to be there every weekend and continue learning. And, um, he's got a, he's got a bright future, you know, and I, and I enjoy watching this kid ride. He's very, very smooth when he's on and, yep. uh, looks very, very comfortable on the bike, looks strong for, for being only 17 years old. So I think just trying to control his, his emotions and, um, you know, calm him down a little bit out there will, will benefit him. And, um, so I hope he's, I, I, I think he's questionable right now for the weekend, but I think anytime the kid's on the track, he's, he's a threat to win. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, and I also think too, and maybe I'm wrong. Cause like I said, I, I didn't race at your level and you might have some better insight on this than I did, but I think if he didn't have that issue with Craig last weekend, he would have been a little bit more relaxed this week or sorry, if he didn't have that incident with Craig on Saturday, then Tuesday, I feel like he would have been a little more confident and not, maybe not confident, but it just seemed like he was almost overriding on Tuesday to kind of say, Hey, like I'm here, like I'm going to win. I want to be the best. Like it's almost like he had to go out and prove himself, even though he's already won, but his ride was so good on Tuesday on Saturday. And then to have it ruined in the last corner, last lap, and all that happened to you, it's like, dude, like now I feel like he's just like, all right, I need to get a start. I need to get up front. I need to dominate, you know, all that. Um, yeah. So I think he almost overrode. But the other thing, too, was yep. that stupid tough block before they go across the start. I saw that in practice and qualifying. Tomac clipped that thing like three times. So I'm really surprised they ended up leaving that for the heats and until, you know, Jet weeded himself and they finally got rid of it. But it's like, man, like how do they not notice that stuff? You know what I mean? Like, if you go back and watch hey, qualifying yeah. and practice, like Tomac hit it at least twice with his rear tire. Yeah, and I want to say in in qualifying, did they end up pulling it out of the track? I I, I feel like remember. I was watching a qualifying and I don't remember it being there the whole time. But you know, little things like that. There, you know, we'll, we'll talk about like that obstacle. It's such a it's 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 such a small double. Like it it doesn't even. An obstacle like that doesn't even run through their mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're hitting the turn as fast, like so fast, and it's all about how how low can I stay on, like how minimal can I make this yeah, jump? Yeah, how fast in can my I get back to the ground? Basically. Yeah, exactly. So um, that one was was definitely a bummer. Where you know through a rhythm section, they're obviously very aware of the tough blocks on each side, and that right. one is. You know, I guarantee he's coming around, and and that's not even crossing his mind. He's, he's He's on that. He's hitting that jump, and he's already looking at the next turn. You know what I yep, mean? So, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't. You know, that's a that's a tough one. And then I thought it was it was pulled out the rest of the night. Definitely after that had happened. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it was gone. And if it wasn't gone, so, there was dudes landing right on it because I saw where they were landing. Yeah. I was watching that. I'm like, if he didn't do it, somebody else was going to do it because they were literally landing there all night. Yeah, so I, I can I would imagine there was probably frustration from him and from the team as well on on that thing being placed there. But, uh, you know, I think you see in every race, those guys are going to push, you know, the limits of the track every single night, wherever anything that's usable on the track, that makes up time, they're going to do it. And, and that's one of those obstacles where it's like, you know, it's a, it's a left-hand turn. You're kind of naturally need to fade to the outside to, to, you know, square up the next turn. Basically you're, you're trying to make that all one rounded motion, you know? So, uh, it's, it was just kind of unfortunate how he how he ended up just a little bit too far to the right and, and caught that tough block. So hopefully, oh. uh, 
hopefully he'll be all right. It looked like he, he rung his bell pretty good. It looked like his nose was bleeding a little bit too. So, uh, but I hope yeah. he, I hope he's able to race on Saturday cause he, uh, he makes he exciting things. For yeah. Sure. He keeps things interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean this class without him, this class, that 250, no disrespect to those guys, but it'd be pretty boring. Um, yeah. And it, it sucks, but it is, it's our sport, unfortunately. But I mean, just kind of out of curiosity, if you were to race right now, where do you think you'd be? <laughs> oh man, that's a hard one to answer. Oh, I, come I on. A, <laughs> <laughs> I you got I, Grant, I you I, got Harlan, you got Harlan, dude. No I think I'd make the, I think I'd make the night show because there's not even 40 guys. So yeah, I would hope I so. I, I would, I I would be embarrassed if you didn't make the night show. Oh man. I, I don't know. You know, I never rode East Coast, I always rode West Coast, so the dirt's definitely different there. And, yeah. and I don't want to discredit discredit what those guys no, are doing know, out there. You know, know. Things, things look different on, on TV, absolutely. But, uh, no, I mean, in, in my mind, I, I, I think I could, uh, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't look like I was lost out there, but I, I need a little bit of time on the bike, obviously, but. Yeah, uh, I I still think about it. And I, I'll be honest. I was gonna say like, you yeah, know, you watch it and be like, dude, like I I could maybe get in there. Like I could be top top fifteen, top ten, maybe. Oh, I, and I have people that still call me and text me and ask me where I think I would be, or ask me, you know, why don't you you should race one round and all kinds of crazy stuff. So <laughs> You're it, like it, you bump it, your head, it, yeah. Right, it gets discussed more uh, more often than, than you would think. But yeah, uh, yeah I no, saw I the mean, comments guys, when you posted the video riding my bike. People people were excited to see it. Yeah, a lot of lot of twenty twenty one question marks on yeah, there. A lot uh, of fan favorites. Little did they know, I don't even remember how to use the rear brake in the air. Apparently, so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it happens. Uh, you're just not a four fifty guy, dude. Just big two fifty guy. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that's <laughs> it. Guy. You probably should just get on Xbox and start playing with me, dude. Just put the dirt oh, bikes, put the dirt bikes away. Just get on Xbox. Life will be a lot better. I was never good at video games. I don't have the patience for those things anymore. No way. <laughs> oh shit! But speaking, I mean, we're still kind of talking about. Two, speaking of like what happened to you, typing a rear brake. I texted you as soon as this person went through the bars. Old Mitchell Oldenburg had a little bike failure on that rhythm, and literally, it was just identical to what you did. Just, it was like, I, and when you text me that, I, I like thought it as I was watching that. Like that is the exact same thing I did. I went to my feet and then like to the top of my head, you know, yeah. so gosh, man, but I, I was glad to see him get up and for sure. kind of inter- kind of interesting how he ended up in the main. I've seen a bunch of controversy on that still. And oh yeah, they that was a big I, deal. Yeah. I guess they thought that they had made a, a frame swap or something like that, but yep. they ended up just doing a motor swap and then. He didn't race the LCQ, and it seemed like I guess their way to make good on it was to just let him jump in the main. And yeah, uh, they were gonna they were gonna park him behind out. Jet. They were gonna park him behind Jet, and then let him take off like arena cross style. Let him stay behind Jet and take off behind those guys. So twenty three people in the main, and then Jet pulled out. So he just took Jet's gate. Crazy, and um, and then he had bike like, failures I mean, again. Yeah, yeah. And then I think he yeah ended up having to pull off, but I mean. Mitchell's, I mean, he's, he's a veteran in the class and, and he's, he's proven over the years, like when he's healthy and comfortable, he's always been a guy that's just kind of fighting around that, that top five area. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, uh, I think he's okay after what had happened. Obviously he went out and raced in the main and, and like you said, had some, had some, uh, mechanical issues again, but never good to see somebody ditch the bike like that in the rhythm. So glad he's, uh, glad he's all right. And, 
Uh, hope we'll see him uh, on Saturday. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. I think he's all good. Um, I think he's going to be ready to go. And then, what I heard too is I wasn't there, but what I heard too, like right before he pulled off, his bike bogged right before the finish line, and he slammed on the brakes like bad. Like oh, if man. he didn't shut off, like he like I got texted if Mitchell Oldenburg didn't shut off, he was dying. Like his, you just heard Jeez, it. He boy. came out of that corner and it just bogged on him, and he just slammed on the brakes. I was like, "Oh, thank God he didn't weed it up again. That would have sucked." Gosh, so. and you know, and, and I know, it, I remember when you would have a mechanical or something like that happens, and you're, you know, your mechanics rushing to to make something happen. You got a couple people that say, you know, I remember like my dad and my my mechanic working on my bike, and so many things are happening. And it's a scramble, and mentally, it's so challenging to to get back on the gate and and put that out of your head and try not to think about that everything got put back together correctly or that another mechanical could potentially happen, especially on a, on a supercross track. There's so many consequences, Yeah, you know, with, within a lap, if you do have a mechanical. So, um, yeah, fortunately he was able to, to get on the brakes and, and not have something really bad happen. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's going to be a good closeout to the season. And, you know, like I said, hopefully he's okay. Hopefully Lawrence comes back. But, you know, we got two rounds, I believe, and these guys do a big break. Um, who do you got? Like, what are you thinking? You thinking Craig's going to have a good weekend Saturday, or do you feel Colt's on a roll? Like, what? what's your thoughts on these guys before we move on to 450? Uh, I don't want to say Craig's not going to win again. I could see him, you know, running off, running off a win or even two wins again. But I think Colt's done what he needs to do to put himself in the right position to win the title. So, uh, and, and I think, uh, I, you know, I really enjoy watching Colt ride. I know he works hard. He's had to come back from a lot of injuries. So he's definitely a guy that, that deserves to win. Uh, and, and he's, he's done a good job through these, these first rounds and, and putting himself in a good position to where, you know, a second place on the night or a third place on the night is, is still good points wise. And, and he can continue to, to just be a top three guy and, and get this title locked down. So right now, I, I'd, I'd like to see Nichols win, and, and Nichols would be my pick for the for the 250 East title. Yeah, yeah, I think he's doing good. And the other guy, too, that uh, is starting to get a little bit on a roll, he he also got on the podium on Saturday and then a fourth on, on Tuesday, is Shimoda. And, you know, we were in the pits on Saturday after the race, and he, he was actually not pumped when on his podium. Like, he was actually like dude like i want to earn it you know what i mean like he yeah he was kind of gifted it because of the cole craig and lawrence thing so i think he's got some fire in him and if he gets out the gate he he could do a, he could do a really good job and kind of throw a wrench in these guys' program so i hope to see him get up there and and scrap yep. with those guys and kind of put some uh I, would, I don't know the word maybe misfortune not misfortune but just make it interesting for sure um, yeah yeah so, yeah he's really a yeah, he's a maxima guy, so I'm always pulling for him. <laughs> yeah, he probably he, it's a bio wash. Probably it's making him slide. He needs something's going on over there. We need to maybe maybe too much SC one. Yeah, yeah his mechanic yeah. is just spraying it all over the seat and everything, just going ham. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's those bikes look good though. Fuck those PC bikes. Yeah, we we oh yeah we were over there afterwards, and dang, those bikes look good. Yeah, um, they do a good job. But for 450s, dude, Kenny, he's on a roll. The uh, the Rock Zen, Zen Master, Kenny, Kenny uh, Roxon's just feeling it. Um, do you feel he he's gonna go all all? What is it now? Seventeen five, twelve rounds. Do you think he's gonna go twelve rounds? Like win out twelve rounds? No, like 
not uh, have any health issues 12 rounds no, I, yeah i think he does i think he's in a he's in a the, the best spot he's been in uh health wise and and mentally and um one one thing i i noticed about kenny this year is is he's not rattled by anything you know like he if he makes a mistake or if a guy passes him even you know he's he's out there he's just doing his laps he's worrying about himself yeah. um i saw when he went off the track at the first round in indy and eli passed him and he just kind of uh, i guess eli didn't even pass him he kind of just let him go by because he thought that was the right thing to do on on going off the track and yeah. just kind of regroup composed and, yep. and three turns later passes him right back and wins the race you know like it, it didn't rattle him most guys might um you know, try and rush something or, or they begin, you know, start to override the bike or trying to make up time and make a mistake and things like that. So I think he's, he's in a really good spot mentally. And, uh, I mean, when the guy is on, he's one of the best guys I've ever watched ride a bike. He's so smooth and talented as heck. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's awesome. And he's so strong and, uh, the way he uses, you know, his lower body and grips the bike. And, and he hits so many turns, doesn't even put his foot down. You know, he does stuff that's just yeah. like my, mind blowing. So, uh, I think he'll be, um, I think he'll be solid all year, and I think he's mentally he understands what it takes to win a title, and, and that's that he has to be a, a one to four guy, one to three guy every weekend, and uh, and he's not going to sweat the little things, you know, even like the yeah. Wilson thing, you know, like he's like, nope, I can't do anything about it now. We'll move on, and now the guy's won two in a row, you know, so yeah, um, yeah, I think. Yeah, the the Moto Spy showed that pretty good. Spot. The Moto Spy showed that pretty good to where he, they showed the Wilson clip and everything, and then like a few seconds later, it showed him giving his wife Courtney knuckles and kissing his baby Griffin on the forehead. So it's like, I think now he's got such a bigger picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's yeah. like, now I have, I'm doing it for these these two and not just me. Um, yeah, and I and I think that puts I in think, a different place mentally. I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, and and I think the his frustration there was that like. He's been fighting for so long to get that win and like get that monkey off his back that he still can win and to have it kind of taken away from uh, another rider out there that wasn't actually in the, the battle up front. I think that's where his frustrations came from. And, um, and you know, I, I'm, I'm a Wilson fan. I, I've known Dean a long time. He's a good friend of mine. And I, I don't think he intentionally did that of no, course no, I think it was just wrong wrong place wrong time and um yeah. it sucks to kind of see what people were saying on social media and things like that to dean because uh dean's not a bad guy so so that part of it was a bummer but i think kenny's frustrations came from not that i you just made me lose the title but more that man like i want this win so bad it's been so long and i want to prove to everybody that i can win and um but you know, like we talked about, mentally he he was able to regroup and come out, and yeah, now he's won two, and is I mean he's riding unbelievable. So uh, it's it's not even in his head anymore. I guarantee it. No, no, not at all. I, th- I think the other thing too, just real quick before we move on, but I think the other thing for him was he was almost probably even a little bit mad at himself for going like just like why did I go outside? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's I probably agree. that frustration too. Like, you know what I mean? It, of course, he's gonna be mad at Dino, but then when all that's blown over, he probably watches the film and he's almost mad at himself because he knows that was a, a, a really bad mistake to go out there instead of roll, roll, guard the inside. So, yeah. speaking of guarding the inside, do you think Tomac was scared to just put Marsh over a berm on Tuesday? He was <laughs> behind him for a minute, dude. 
Yeah, it was well, like I mean, half he was behind the him the whole race. Like he didn't get by him at all. Like yeah. he was he was uh poking the bear, but dude, I think he was a little <laughs> scared. Yeah, I, good for Barsha, man, for fighting. You know, yeah, he's been, he didn't get rattled had, at all. Yeah, he had a couple tough rounds, but but that dude is. Uh, I mean, he gives it his all. You know, he's out there to race, and he's not going to let anybody have it easy. And and I can respect that about him. Um, but I think for Eli, it's uh, not ruffling feathers this early in the season, and and I understand that too because I mean, you want to you want to bump Barsha, you're going to get one back. You know, yeah, and, he don't forget. Um, so. And I think that the track was a little bit um, One line. was a little bit tough to pass. Yeah, yeah, there was some tighter turns and things like that. Whether it was you know one rut that everybody's going through, and um, a lot of guys were there was guys doing some different things in that long rhythm, but it didn't look like one way was you know much faster than a right. different way. So, yeah. um, so I think and same thing for Eli. He's kind of learned that he can't have these you know thirteenth and fourteenth on a bad night and. Um, if getting third is, is what he has to do to not start a start a war with Barsha, then it was probably a good decision on his part to to be a third place guy that night and, and move on. Yeah, I mean he's only down by what fourteen points or something like that, or so he's yeah, not down by much. Yeah, he's not down by yeah. much. So, and the other thing too, uh, it, it's one of those things where you watch the race and and you yell at the TV and but it's a lot harder than it looks. But, man, I was just – I was hoping over the finish line into that triple he was going to open up that corner more and kind of go high and then square him up. And, like, he never did. And I'm like, man, I'm just, like, thinking, like, is he just trying to get him to make a mistake or, like, what? But it just seemed like there's a lot of opportunity for him to just open up those corners more and, and get more yeah. aggressive. But, you know, like you said, on TV it doesn't do the – the justice, but it just – I was, like, really yeah. – I was, like, dang it, man. Like, usually the old Tomac will rail an outside. You know, like, Saturday he was railing that – left before the whoops like he was like the only guy yep. doing it and carrying his speed and i'm like i wonder why he's just not opening up that corner more and, and diving under but i mean all in all dude like this is some good racing you know a- ac's been running really good dylan frandis is up there but then he kind of fades and then malcolm's just been consistent like if i think if malcolm can get a good good start and stay up there for a minute like i think he can get a fourth or a third um you know, Ferrandis proved that he he was a second place and then a thirteenth place. Like he's all over the board. Um, yeah. Same with you know Barsha. He's getting a win and then a thirteenth and then a second. You know what I mean? He's all over the board. So everybody, Brayton. You know, Brayton was on the podium and then then he's out. The, so it's like anybody can be on the podium night in and night out. I think. Yeah. It's, you know, it's gonna it's gonna con- continue to switch up. I think, but you're gonna have. You're always going to have those two, three guys that, that separate themselves from from the rest of the pack. And uh, as stacked as it is, I, I think we will see. You know, I'll, I'll say Eli Roxon. Uh, I'll put Webb in there too, um, yeah. and, and even AC. I think you're gonna you're gonna start to see um, these kind of these guys you know, kind of break these, out. Yeah, yeah, and I and I still think you know I, I said it. I will see more you know single race winners this season than we than we ever have and and i still think that like i, I don't put it past osborne winning one still and yeah um, so who do you like think gets even, one first uh osborne ac um who else did they have on the tv the other night dylan ferrandis and then uh, i'm gonna marvin marvin gonna, was the other guy so it was marvin ac yeah. and then yeah the two other guys uh, i'm gonna say ac i think yeah. he, he wins one I mean, if, if he can 
limit the the small mistakes, he absolutely has the speed to win, you know, and, and I know he's fit and um, he's the kind of guy that, that can, you know, start up front and, and he's really, really fast in the beginning of the race, can split down some, some crazy sprint laps and, yep. um, and like I said, he can control those, those small tip overs. Uh, I think he's, he's the next winner that, that we'll see this season. Yeah, and I think he's still fighting that elbow thing a little bit too. Um, yep. So that's not. I don't think he's all the way one hundred percent. And for him to ride like he's riding, it'll be scary to see what happens when he's like completely one hundred percent for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's awesome, man. Like, um, I think, like I said at the beginning of the show, this is going to be one of the the really good seasons of the of the sport. And with the Tuesdays and the Saturdays, I'm hoping we'll be able to grow and and get more people involved in in supercross and motocross so it's been really good and i'm again i'm excited to have this show talk about it have you on and i also have amazing sponsors like i said spot network tv works connection bell ray scott goggles and motion pro so huge thanks to those guys um we have a segment called the scott subjects and um for you we have a question from connor olson which of course he's gonna ask you a question what did he say (laughs) so scott subjects Make sure to check those guys out. They just dropped their 30-year anniversary prospect goggle. Pro Circuit LE, 30 years. It's amazing. Just got a pair. I'm really excited. Um, Dual-stage foam or triple-stage foam, thermofoam, 50 millimeters. Like These goggles are unbelievable. So if you haven't checked them out yet, go to your local dealer. Scott Prospects, made in the USA, just like Maxima, just like Bellray. So support American-made products. We need those guys to keep making those here. So check them out. Scott Sports USA on Instagram. But let's see. Connor asked, how did the Dreamland dirt feel? Was it as glorious as it looks? So <laughs> I'm assuming he's talking shit. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it. Uh, man, the, like I, we talked about when we were riding. Like there was a couple of flat turns. Like yeah. and the dirt was so into Like I, I'd never... I'd never ridden dirt like that in my life. Like it was so tacky. You put the bike anywhere you want and it was just going to hook up. Like it was awesome. But I'll tell you when I hit the dirt, it sure felt a lot harder than it, than it looked. <laughs> yeah. I had to wash that thing like twice to get the dirt out. It was, it was definitely some good clay for sure. I mean, it's a mixture of everything. Right. Clay saying like, dude, I did one lap or no, two laps, one and a half, two. I don't even know because it was just so gnarly, but those rollers in the back like swallowed your oh, yeah. whole. Like they were gnarly. Yeah, yeah. It's, there was a couple sections on that track that were that were uh, breathtaking. Definitely some, man, some, <laughs> some 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 cool stuff, man. It was like I said, that was a great experience, and and I'd love to go back one day. Yeah, yeah, we for sure have to go back and and uh, redeem ourselves and and go uh, go out the, out there with a bang and not with a literally a bang um so yeah the right kind of bang <laughs> yeah. um but man i like i said i really appreciate the time and i'm excited i hope to see you at some super crosses this year i know it's a it's a weird corona covid lockdown strict rules but hopefully we'll get to see you at something and then i'll see you at the mill creek thing i assume so um anything else you got anything you want anything you want to talk about anybody you want to thank no, I mean, thanks to you for for having me on, and yeah, for um, sure. No, I'll say I'll say thank you to to the sponsors that that support your show, and um, you know, one of them is a competitor of ours, and and I appreciate that that they're able to step up and 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 help you do things like this. I think these are these are great things for for the industry, and 
you know, we have podcasts that we support. And so, yeah, totally. uh, yeah I, I just, uh, you know, thanks to everybody that's helping you uh, kind of put yeah. these podcasts out and giving you a platform to do this. And um, yeah, looking forward to uh, hopefully seeing you at some races, like you mentioned, and uh, continue working together. Yeah, totally. And I'll send you my address. You know, if you want to send me a check, like, you know what I mean? I'll give Cody the boot. <laughs> Just kidding, Cody. Love you. Uh-oh. Actually, Cody's supposed to be coming to Mill Creek, too. So I'm thinking I'll bring some gloves and we kind of get after it. A little bit of uh, no, rough and yeah, toughing, dude. A little bit of. You we're, know? we're friendly, man. Cody's, Cody's a good guy, man. So, I know, but, but I, I, still want, I, I still want to see someone just fucking throw a blow or something. Yeah, <laughs> well. <laughs> Well, I hope you, I hope you make it out too. We can all we can all hang out and have some fun. So. Yeah, that'll be rad. And like I said, that track's pretty cool, and I, it'll be a good event for sure. And hopefully, we can get all that worked out. So we'll make it happen, Captain. But again, thank you for the time. Thank you for supporting my dealers. Thank you for supporting the sport. So if you guys haven't done yet, of course we love Bell Ray, but we also love this industry. So if you're if you don't use Bell Ray, which you should, you're an idiot if you don't. But if you do use Maxima, please buy it from your local dealer. Support your local dealer we we need dealers um i like buying bikes i like having service departments so if you can please buy your buy all your products from your local dealer and you know guys like trevor if i have an issue with something i call him and say hey dude like this dealer or this consumer bought a can it's not spraying cool get him taken care of you know no problem no questions asked so that's what's cool about working with companies like maxima and bell ray is they support you know us reps they support the industry so definitely go to your local dealer and um support those guys so again trevor thank you for the time thank you for sponsoring amazing teams and coming on my janky show so we will uh we will talk soon for sure all right man i appreciate it have a good night hey you too thank you we'll see you that's it